Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast of your Miami Dolphins. I believe they're still our Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcu. He is Chris Cullen. Chris, very slow news week, uh, is it not? Oh, very slow. There's going to be a whole new horde of old Miami Dolphins jerseys at Goodwills across the country. Yeah, this, uh, once again, the Miami Dolphins do not win Super Bowls, do not win championships, but they do win headlines uh, because uh, right out of the bat here, right out of the gate, I should say, the Miami Dolphins over the last week have probably been um, at the top of the sports news cycle in terms of football and all the roster moves they've made uh, than anyone else. It has been uh, just a bonanza, Chris, uh, a bonanza of moves, a bonanza of trades, Cuts, releases, free agencies, restructuring, uh, all of it, man. I, I, it's very hard to even just pick a spot to begin. You've got sets of 32 teams of fan bases that always get excited for things like this because uh, the season ends. Football has one of the just most grueling, longest off seasons. Sprinkle in a little draft and uh, training camp and preseason, but really in between there, you're, you can only get excited about a few things, and one of those things is free agency. They move it to four o'clock. It used to like start at midnight one uh, on on the day of the new league year, and they changed it now so that they can have like you know shows on NFL Network, and everybody gets excited, but. Man, if you're not a Miami Dolphins fan, basically, like it's boring as hell. But for us, we like we have just been nonstop refreshing Twitter and we're involved in some kind of trade uh, signing cut, whatever. It's it's been just nonstop news uh, for the last couple of days. Yeah, well, Dr. Gase and Dr. Tannenbaum are giving this team a complete enema and just pulling out <laughs> all the crap and getting rid of the excess shit, man. It has been, uh, like I said, a whirlwind of news. And, of course, uh, we can, we have to start with the biggest piece of news over the last week. You know what it is, Chris. I know what it is. The citizens of Perfectville know what it is. And that, of course, is the re-signing of Mr. John Denny. That's right. Mm. The long back, Johnny. John Denny, the man who replaced Ed Perry back in 1972 as the long snapper for the Miami Dolphins, is back again on a one-year contract. Uh, look, everyone, as you talked about, there's a lot of Miami Dolphins jerseys that are going to Goodwill this year, Chris. If you want a player jersey on the current team that you are just guaranteed to be on this team year in and year out, don't go Ryan Tannehill, don't go Cameron Wake, go John Denny. This guy is here forever, Chris. I'm 31 years old, Sam. Uh, he signed as an undrafted free agent out of BYU my senior year of high school. That is insane. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. 2005. We were four years removed from 9-11 when he signed with us. And this guy in 2018 is uh, is still with us. I mean, it's just unreal. Uh, he's got He's had to have gone through, what, three jersey changes and two technical uh, logo changes? He's been with us so long? Uh, he's been with us so long that the firstborn uh, of John Denny is also going to be drafted by the Miami Dolphins <laughs> this year. I mean, this guy's got, uh, what, 14 or 15 seasons with this team and 14 or 15 kids uh, while he's been on this team. Uh, the Denny clan, as Travis Wingfield says, eats again. John Denny back with the Miami Dolphins for yet another year. I'm assuming he is an Adam Gase guy at this point. He's been everyone's guy. We've probably had 12 <laughs> coaches since he's been with us, and uh, he, he's made it this long. He must be – he must have, like, the locker or the farthest away from the coach's office, and he's, like, that guy at work that doesn't work that hard but works just enough where he's not noticed, and they don't even know he's there. And they're like, oh, John Denny, uh, he's up for contract again? Yeah, fuck it. Resign him, whatever he's asking. Uh, what's he going to – he's been here this long. I mean, he's played with Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, um, John Beck, 
Chad Henney, Chad Pennington. Like, I mean, this guy has just played with generations of one in 15 teams and then the 11 and five team. He's met Bill Parcells and worked for him. Like he's just been through really all we remember the majority of what we remember is, uh, you know, 25 to 30 year old guys that watch the Miami Dolphins. Um, he's been involved with almost all of it. Yeah, the Miami Denny's uh, are amazing, and uh, he's back, and he is by far my favorite current player. Uh, he might be the, my favorite player of the last 15 years when it's all said and done. I mean, there's something to be said for longevity. And here's the thing. Like, we're making fun of how long he's been here. The guy's really damn good at his job, Chris. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best long snappers in the league, and he's always downfield to at least jump on a pile and get an assist for a tackle. I mean, he's involved. He, he's, he's just knocking wood. Um, when's the last time there's been a real bad snap other than Brandon Fields getting drilled in the face because he wasn't ready? Um, but there hasn't been a bad snap on the field goal, on punt, nothing. This guy is just money. Yeah, and I don't even think that was a bad snap. I'm blaming Brandon no. Fields 100% for him getting hit in the face. That's Brandon Fields was smoking reefer right before he took that ball and uh, just completely forgot what he was doing. John Denny put it exactly where it was supposed to be. Don't you besmirch I, I, John Denny, good sir. I just wish he had Matt Turk's face mask because it would have just drilled him right in the nose. <laughs> It just would have stuck right in the uh, right in the old face, just been like right there, and then you would have had Olinde Mare or whoever the hell was kicking for us that year, just kick him right in the head trying to get that ball through the uprights. Uh, I don't think it was Olinde Mare. I don't think he's even been in the league for about 14 years. But anyway, uh, obviously we're somewhat joking. That is not the biggest news for the Miami Dolphins, although it, for me personally it is my favorite news to see John Denny back with this team. And it's good to have some consistency, Chris, because everyone else – I'm gonna. They're gonna need name tags this year, not only on the back of their jersey, but on the front, because we've got nothing but new people on offense. We got nothing but new people coming in on defense. We got old people leaving. We do have some people coming back, but uh, I don't know where you want to start, man. I, I'll let you go ahead and and start with whatever news you feel is best. Well, let's start with the biggest news, and I think it's obvious, aside from the John Denny thing, um, juice. Jarvis Landry, um, it, more things have come out since uh, we traded him, which uh, at this point in time where we're sitting with the roster, they obviously had a plan. Uh, Jarvis did not come down in his demands. The team did not break. They uh, held firm. The rumors coming out is that Jarvis wanted $15 million a year and $50 million guaranteed. Um, and the Dolphins just said, nope, we'll find a suitor to trade for him. They did to the Browns of all teams get a fourth-round pick uh, and a seventh-round pick uh, or a later pick next year. I'm not sure if we're clear on that. And they also went out and signed uh, Wilson from the Chiefs, who – is like a faster Jarvis Landry and Danny Amendola from the Patriots. So they had a plan in place. Let him walk. We basically traded Jarvis Landry for two draft picks and two guys that are serviceable and possibly together with Grant can uh, meet the production that we had from Jarvis Landry. It, it really doesn't look like a bad deal. A lot of national pundits were surprised we were even able to get somebody to trade for him because we took that risk, Sam, when we talked about it last episode by franchise tagging him. If we really did uh, want to we, we didn't want him to walk, so we wanted to find a trade partner. The difficulties in that were to take on uh, the possibility of a large contract and uh, the possibilities of him not wanting to do a long-term deal and play on a franchise tag. The Browns happen to have the cap space to take that chance, and we're better off for it. Yeah, here, here's the thing. When we went to uh, record the last episode, none of this had happened yet. Uh, Jarvis Landry hadn't even signed his, his uh, franchise tender at that time. He was getting ready to. Uh, but everything that came out pretty much – contradicted what I'd said in that I, I didn't think Mike Tannenbaum had yet 
put us in a position for the Miami Dolphins to screw us. Uh, then Jarvis Landry signed that tender, and it was like, we are stuck. We can't do anything because we got $16 million tied up to Jarvis Landry for the next year. Uh, but they they pulled some sort of rabbit out of their ass. Now, uh, the initial trade of a fourth round and a late round pick next year uh, kind of left me smart in a little bit, Chris. I'm not going to lie. I like Jarvis Landry. I still like Jarvis Landry. I think he does a lot of things that we are going to miss, even if we replace him in the aggregate with some of these other receivers that I'll talk about here in a second. But he did so much. He was the heart and soul for not only the team, but I think the fan base. But it boils down to this. Adam Gase, as I've been telling you guys, did not like and does not like Jarvis Landry. And Jarvis Landry did not like and does not like Adam Gase. I have this on good authority. I think it's borne itself out. If you think I'm lying, just look to who we traded him to, the Cleveland fucking Browns. He's not even in the NFL anymore, ladies and gentlemen. We (laughs) traded him to the Browns. Uh, And it took a week, and I think he waited until it was official, but Jarvis Landry actually put out a statement where he thanked – People that aren't even with the team anymore. Dennis uh, Hickey got Dennis, a like. Dennis Hickey, <laughs> Stephen Ross. People that did not get a like. Adam Gase, Mike Tannenbaum. I think it speaks volumes, the silence that he had when it came to those two people. Like I said, they don't like each other. At this point, I'm willing to admit they had to move on from one another. It was toxic. And if you look at all the moves that are coming up, which we're going to talk about, obviously Adam Gase has has thought for a while that the fishbowl smelled like shit. And he is taking everything out of the toilet bowl right now that looks like a turd. And he thought Jarvis Landry was a turd as a person. So from that standpoint, the fact that we were going to pay him $16 million for one year and no one thought he was worth that Jarvis didn't even think he was worth that he was looking for 15 million not even 16 million Uh, we had to take what we could get and when you look at the aggregate and what we've been able to do since that move I mean that really opened up the floodgates Chris once we're able to move Jarvis Landry everything else started happening you know one after another it's it's mind-blowing how quickly this roster has churned and we're not even talking the bottom of the roster we're talking top tier level talent because Jarvis Landry's moved on to Cleveland I wish him well I think you wish him well most Dolphins fans wish Jarvis Landry well he did fantastic for us he is a record holder for the NFL he'll continue to do well as long as he has some semblance of a quarterback which he won't in Cleveland and as long as he can stay healthy which he won't in Cleveland but those two things aside I don't have a bad word to say about Jarvis Landry right now, um, but you had mentioned it. We got two draft picks back. We also have uh, Albert Wilson the second, who had about 600 yards receiving last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's about five foot nine, which means he towers over Jakeem Grant, but he will be towered over by every cornerback that he faces in the AFC East this year. Uh, and we also went out and got Danny Amendola, uh, the guy who once the playoff starts can't be stopped so if we're somehow able to get to the playoffs while Danny Amendola is on the team Chris uh, I expect good things because Danny Amendola knows how to get it done when the pressure is on Uh, but what do you think of Danny Amendola Albert Wilson uh, along with Jakeem Grant Leonte Carew Devontae Parker and of course Kenny Stills most likely being your wide receiving core next year well, I like it because we talked about this when we did the whole show on the wide receivers. Um, our hypothetical, if we lost Jarvis Landry, was hoping guys like Isaiah Ford and Drew Morgan stepped up. Um, so this wasn't even an idea. And instead, we go out and get a young up-and-coming receiver like Wilson, who was second in the league behind, yes, you guessed it, Jarvis Landry, in uh, misses after catch. And he had uh, somewhere like 60, 50 or 60 less catches than Jarvis Landry. Uh, this guy is shifty. He's fast. There's a lot of things you can do with him in the 
slot in the screen game. Uh, we went out and got two linemen, which we'll talk about later, that are good uh, with, with their uh, second levels on screens. Um, and Wilson's just a, this fast slot receiver that's got a lot of speed, good hands, fights hard, and he's from South Florida. So he wanted to really be there. Everything I've seen from him on videos and tweets, he's excited to be a Miami Dolphin. And then you turn and you get a guy that does nothing but get first downs, and that's Danny Amendola. Um, we've seen it firsthand for years, two games a year. Uh, Tom Brady's safety blanket, other than Edelman, I mean, just seemed to – we cursed him. We I have cursed that guy so many times because he just kills us, kills us, kills us, kills us. Now he's uh, went and already made amends by changing his Twitter profile picture to him as a little leaguer in a number 12 Dolphins uniform. Um, he seems excited to end his days in South Beach. Uh, he's 31, 32, something like that. So, uh, you know, he's going to be a good safety blanket first down guy for Ryan Tannehill and – I think getting those two guys to come in here, the things Gase can do with them, uh, Jarvis Landry's one guy. We saw Bill Belichick when he was mic'd up against us. He said he doesn't care if he lets Stills go one-on-one over the top every time. He wants two guys on Jarvis Landry. You can't do that now with Amendola and Wilson because that's two guys, two different skill sets, and uh, it gives Adam Gase a little bit more room to play with his toys. So if we're going to lose Landry anyway, we got draft capital, and we brought in guys that are going to be – uh, difference makers for us. I mean, I think it's the best case scenario with what we were handed. Yeah, Adam Gase is hell-bent on making a screen game work in Miami. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to me, because Albert Wilson, like you said, is kind of like a screen-wide receiver. Jarvis Landry was that guy in our offense. We really couldn't make it work with him. Uh, so it's kind of one of those weird things where all of these moves that we're going to talk about, because, again, we're getting rid of a lot of talent, uh, have to do with a culture change, has to do with an attitude shift, a paradigm shift in attitude, if you will. Um, and he's bringing in people that he thinks that uh, Adam Gase in, in, is what I mean by he. Uh, he thinks he can control. He thinks can grasp the offense and can do what he wants them to do with precision. Uh, Albert Wilson is that guy who's within five yards of the line of scrimmage is going to get the ball, and if he has a little bit of wriggle room, can make it five yards into 50. Danny Amendola knows how to get open. Uh, I'm with you. I, I laughed when he got a concussion one of those times because I'm like, ha, good, get him off the field. That guy kills us. He kills everyone. He's annoying as shit. But now that he's on my team, I love him, and I'll probably go get a jersey for Danny Amendola because this guy is already going to be the leader in the locker room based on his experience based on his championship pedigree, based on being 32 years old when everyone else is much younger than him. Uh, he is going to be a leader for the Miami Dolphins. That's how I view it. I think he's going to be the leader of that wide receiving core. Um, I'm okay with this wide receiving core. I don't think we have a, a true number one. That's supposed to be Devontae Parker. That has not happened. Maybe that happens this year. Who knows? I think he's on a one-year audition at this point if he stays with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but I do think we have a lot of maybe B-plus talent. And if you can scheme correctly, which Adam Gase loves to do, and if you can call the right plays at the right time, you can make that work. Especially if you have somebody like Ryan Tannehill who excels in many ways at finding that check down receiver, finding the right option, reading his routes and getting it to the guy closest to him and letting them do what they need to do best. So I'm okay with the wide receivers uh, rebuilt as they are. Another unit that has been completely rebuilt uh, is the defensive line. Now this was a strength for us last year and basically it was a strength Chris, because we had Indomicon Sue. We no longer have Indomicon Sue. Indomicon Sue was released. $26 million he was going to count against the cap. Uh, they didn't try to trade, trade him to anywhere, anything like that. They released him outright, said, hey, good luck to you. Go find your money elsewhere. Um, in doing that, we brought in Robert Quinn, 
on a trade from the St. Louis Rams, or excuse me, Los Angeles Rams. And then we also got uh, William Hayes back on a one-year contract. So mermaids and flat earth, one more year, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so you have those two guys on the defensive line, along with Cameron Wake, along with Devon Godchow, as well as a couple of other young guys that we've had in the in the mix here, Vincent Taylor and others. Um, what do you think of the makeshift or shift in our makeup of the defensive line with Ndamukong Su out and Robert Quinn in? With his contract and not being a quarterback, it just is one of those things where no matter how dominant and how great he was, Sam, you just couldn't justify paying him that money. I mean, we still ranked in the lower thirds in run defense uh, and pass defense. Yeah, he was getting double teamed a lot, and that should have opened up things for guys around him. But I've said this before, and it's like, how much do you pay one guy to be dominant and how much is that affecting the quality of player that you can put around him? Should we take that money, that 24, 26 million that he was due for this cap and possibly spread that out to five guys that are good, not great, but good players, real good, solid players uh, that can all be on that defense? How much more helpful is that? We kind of talked about a little bit with Jarvis. Now you're replacing him with two guys. That's harder to defend. So you put one superstar stud out there to be dominant and sue. Yeah, he's getting double teamed, but is Kiko making the plays? Was Timmons making the plays? Um, was God Chow and Phillips stepping up? He never seemed to make too much of a difference, uh, obviously, because we were uh, dog shit last year, even with him, and really only went to the playoffs once, winning no times. So is it worth it to pay that money? Dolphins didn't think so. They let him walk, and now we just freed up a ton of cap space post-June 1st. Yeah, so Ndamukong Sue is going to get paid elsewhere. In fact, when we talk about the culture change and what Adam Gase is looking for with this Miami Dolphins team, uh, I believe Ndamukong Sue basically said after he was released, he doesn't care about scheme. He doesn't care about winning. What he cares about is getting paid. He is going to the highest bidder. He is a mercenary at this point. I'm okay. I respect that, by the way. I don't think there's anything wrong with him saying that. Uh, He's putting his priorities out there. He's saying, I want to get paid, and when you pay me, I will bring my talents to whatever team is going to pay me. That's totally fine. I totally get that. However, that does clash with what Adam Gase is looking for uh, with this Miami Dolphins team. And part of this is that we need to get better against the run, and Dom Kansu wasn't helping us get better against the run. Um, so we need, we need to get some more run stuffers. William Hayes is one of those guys, uh, so bringing him back I think is big. Robert Quinn is not the guy he used to be. He's got some back injuries. Uh, he will help when it comes to defending the pass, uh, as well as maybe beefing up a little bit for the run. Uh, so again, I think they're trying to fix some holes and looking at the talent, even though he's um, – a top-tier uh, elite talent in Dominican Sioux, we may be better off, at least in Adam Gase's eyes, without him being here and having a collective effort around them that will play in the, within the system, won't, uh, won't free ball out there, won't just say, you know what, I know I'm supposed to be here, this is my um, responsibility, but I think I can get to the quarterback if I go over here instead. And Dominican Sioux did that quite a bit. He didn't stay within the system at all. Um, so even though he's a elite talent, Maybe we're better off with Ndamukong Sue not being here. Much like Jarvis Landry, I got nothing but love for Ndamukong Sue forever and ever. I was actually looking at it today at lunch and laughing, Chris. Him force choking Ryan Mallett <laughs> in that Baltimore Ravens game is still to this day my favorite moment of last year. Uh, I hate Ryan Mallett. I hate the Baltimore Ravens, and I love Ndamukong Sue for the rest of my life for combining those two things that I hate and choking the life out of it, even if it was for just a second. So Ndamukong Sue. I fare thee well. I love you, my friend. 
have fun for the rest of your career doing it is whatever it is you do. But enough about him because he's not here. Goodbye from Perfectville, right? So we need to move on. And moving on, uh, the other big news, the other big area that we have completely overhauled our team, Chris, is the offensive line. And if we could get a round of applause, I don't care if every single one of these moves fails. I am for it. I am for change when it comes to this offensive line. I am Barack Obama. I have hope and change on my mind when it comes to this line. I think Adam Gase, Mike Tannenbaum, and the rest of the Miami Dolphins fan base agrees with me. It was time for something to be shaken up. And I'm not talking one piece here or one piece there. I'm talking a direction of saying we are going to go get a left guard. We are going to go get a center that can do what we want to do. We're going to bring back the talent in Jawan James at right tackle. We now have our starting offensive line for Ryan Tannehill in 2018, Chris. Well, and I think the coolest thing about all of it is we've said culture a lot because this has been talked about in the on the Twitter or the national media and things like that, that Adam Gates wanted to change the culture. And if you look at the things that have been happening – the moves that are being made and the little things in the background uh, that are happening that really kind of tickles my fancy. And I like saying that um, you you come in and you get these linemen. All of a sudden, Jawan James is not being traded as rumored. We're actually just signing him to his option. We're able to pay him eight million dollars. Man, I thought we were in cap trouble. Then we go out and trade for or sign a, a very highly coveted guard from the uh, the the Bears. I'm sorry, Josh Sitton who uh, everybody's talking about uh, on NFL on Reddit. They can't believe we got him for the contract we did. Um, and then we make a trade right as something else, other news breaks, and that is uh, Ta- Daniel Kilgore, uh, which is the greatest name of all time. We just swapped four four picks overall in the seventh round to get him. And then in the background also announced is that two captains, quiet guys, but go out in the field and give it their all – Brian Tannehill and Rashad Jones both restructure their contracts to free up more money for the team. You want to talk about culture and what Sue said when he left. I'm, I'm getting paid. Jarvis Landry, I want $15 million and $50 million guaranteed. All right, well, bye, guys. Meanwhile, the culture of the guys sticking around are restructuring their contracts to help the team. You're bringing in a guy like Danny Amendola who's been around um, a very, very successful franchise and knows how it is to be a winner and be a champion. You're bringing that guy into that locker room. Um, you're bringing in Wilson from the Chiefs, again, playing with, with a city and, and a team with a lot of veterans and a coach that's been around for a long time and gone to a Super Bowl. You're bringing these guys in, letting those guys walk and restructuring some captains, and now you're building that base and that that foundation of that culture that they're kind of talking about. So I, I found it very interesting, all those things, all those chips got laid down when they did. Yeah, so let's talk about some of those moves, like you said, with the culture. Because there's one guy in there that we did not talk about, and it has to do with the offensive line when we talk about a culture change, and that's Mike Pouncey. Yep. Uh, we spent a first-round draft pick on this guy years ago, and at times was an elite center. And he got paid, and rightfully so, but he's been injured quite a bit. Uh, he's a little bit of a knucklehead when it comes to his off-the-field uh choice in friends shall we say Uh, he was asked to take a pay cut he was asked to restructure his contract he said no and he was sent packing goodbye from perfectville um and that's what we're talking about adam gase is looking for people that are going to put the team first whether that's right or wrong mike pouncey wasn't willing to do that and dominican sue wasn't willing to do that jarvis landry wasn't willing to do that they're gone these are all elite talents in many ways he doesn't care he wants them gone they're 
elite individual talents, not elite team talents, at least in the eyes, again, of Adam Gase, who I believe is really running things and just telling Mike Tannenbaum, I need these guys gone. Go do what you have to do. Uh, Kilgore, which I agree with you, is the best football name ever. It sounds like he's a Mortal Kombat character. Like, I just feel like, you know, it's going to be like Johnny Cage versus Kilgore. Like, that's the kind of guy that we have playing center. You want your center on the offensive line to have a last name like Kilgore. So putting him there right in the middle, uh, he just signed a big extension with the 49ers about a month ago. Um, it's kind of weird that they traded him, but they thought this might actually happen. So it's one of those things where, hey, we're going to sign you, but you know, chances are you're not going to be with the 49ers. We get our center. Uh, we get Josh Sitton as our 32-year-old veteran, uh, very good left guard. We have Laramie Tunzel, who is now and for will be for a long time, our left tackle. We bring back Jawan James in a surprise move. So we now have our rebuilt offensive line. And then at right guard, we're probably going to have ourselves a nice competition with Jesse Davis. Uh, you might see Ted Larson playing right guard. Uh, Ted Larson might be our floater who can also play center. There's a lot of news out there that he grades out very well as a center, maybe not so much as a, as a guard. Um, so now we now have options. We have some depth when it comes to the offensive line. And I think when you go to Ryan Tannehill and say, look, if you restructure your deal to the point where you're going to get more money up front and we're going to commit to you for the next two years because that's basically what they're saying the way this contract has been restructured this will allow us to go make some moves to help protect you and to get you that pocket that you've been desperately looking for for years and we're also going to get you some weapons that you can rely on and Danny Amendola Albert Wilson Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill goes hell yeah sign me up where do I sign absolutely and then not only that um, weeks before the NFL draft and the rumors are going wild about our want of a possible few quarterbacks, uh, this kind of gives them some security too. If we're paying them this money up front, uh, we're, we're definitely uh, tied at the hip with this guy, Ryan Tannehill, for next year and, the, and the, possibly the year after. So uh, what we're doing here is giving him safety, uh, assurance, he can play freely, and he has all these weapons now around him in an offensive line. There literally is not going to be any more excuses for the Ryan Tannehill fans out there because he's still going to have Parker. He's still going to have Stills. Hopefully we get him a tight end or two, and uh, he's going to have Kenyon Drake. So I mean, it's really just one of those things where you can open it up now, get the ball out of his hands fast and quick with these guys, let them do their job, and he looks good in the process. So no more excuses for number 17. This is his year. Yeah, we've been saying that for a couple of years, but now more than ever, this is uh, the team is fully his. This is a Ryan Tannehill team, and maybe that's what Adam Gase's master plan is, is look, you have these personalities like Ndamukong Su, like Mike Pouncey, like Jarvis Landry. Two of those three guys are very vocal, and they're on offense. Ryan Tannehill isn't necessarily the alpha male if you throw him into that mix with those other three. Now, more than ever, Ryan Tannehill is the voice and the face of this offense, and uh, you know it's going to be up to him to sink or swim when that happens. Um, but it's not all rosy, Chris. Uh, you know, of course, we got John Denny back. We've rebuilt this offensive line. Ryan Tannehill is our, our solid starter for at least the next couple of years. Um, we've redone our defensive line, but there is some bad news to report, ladies and gentlemen. You can't always get everything that you want, and uh, we've watched this gentleman, this man who came to this Miami Dolphins team last season as a boy and grew up, went through puberty, his balls dropped right before our eyes, and when those balls dropped, he kicked them through the uprights (laughs) all season long. And, of course, we're talking about the former Miami Dolphin, Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey! Cody Parkey, which is now Chicago Bear Cody Parkey. 
He has grown up. He grew facial hair. He thinks he can brave the cold, Chris, and he is going to Soldier Field to kick balls for the Chicago Bears. And I, for one, am extremely sad and disheartened because I love Cody Parkey. He gave me one of my favorite fan moments ever of watching this team live and in person against the Los Angeles Chargers kicking what I believe is now, if my memory serves correctly, a 150-yard field goal to win the game that I got on tape. And from that moment forward, I was a Cody Parkey fan. But now I must root against Cody Parkey because he is no longer a Miami Dolphin. He had to turn in his keys for his house here in Perfectville for the bitter cold of Chicago. And here, I hope, with his $15 million contract for a freaking kicker, (laughs) that he misses everything in that swirling wind in Chicago. You traitor, Cody Parkey. I'm angry. I'm upset. I didn't mean it. I love you. Goodbye from Perfectville to Cody Parkey. Chris, what are your thoughts on Cody moving on? How do we replace such a legend, a one-year legend like Cody Parkey with the Miami Dolphins? The Jupiter juggernaut. He no longer is. Mm -mm. The Windy City wingnut he has become. Jupiter's own Cody Parkey. He was successful with somewhere of, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, I think 16 onside kicks last year. Yes. Um, he is. He was just, uh, he was phenomenal, man. Like, he's getting paid, so good for him. Uh, South Florida kid, big fan of uh, the Miami Dolphins growing up uh, and still as an adult. We actually, I believe, play the NFC North this year, so we might see him. Um, but, yeah, he's going from South Beach sunny weather to kicking in uh, Chicago for uh, half the season. So good luck to you, buddy. But you got paid and good job and goodbye from Perfectville. I hope you go to a Cubs game and you get hit with a foul ball that Steve Bartman can't catch and it bonks off your foot and it breaks your foot and you can't kick against us when you play us this year, Cody Parkey. But goodbye from Perfectville. I mean that sincerely. Uh, Speaking of Perfectville, speaking of the citizens, Cody Parkey is no longer a citizen of Perfectville, Chris. But we have plenty of citizens out there. And, of course, as always, we had a citizen speak up and speak their mind at the town hall here recently and gave us a nice five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, just like we always talk about here, Chris. And this, I'm not going to lie, might be the nicest review we've ever gotten. Mm. Uh, this comes from Cabana AA. Uh, Cabana AA. I don't know. Cabana AA. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's Alcoholics Anonymous inside of a Cabana. I'm not sure, but Cabana AA. Uh, Is he like a drunk Colt Cabana? It might be Colt Cabana who's drunk. Uh, or maybe it's, uh, maybe we're not pronouncing it right. Maybe it's Cabana. Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, five star rating and a review. Cabana says this I only have one regret the fact that I can't cram this beautiful podcast into my ear holes more often. These guys are the, these guys are the preeminent podcast on the net for the Miami Dolphins, bar none. They cover all aspects of the team in a down-to-earth, well-thought-out manner, and their chemistry with each other is phenomenal. They inject a healthy amount of humor and are not afraid to change up their format or segments. That's true. Love to interact with the fans on social media, and they constantly offer up a smorgasbord of thought-provoking material with each episode. These guys are required listening for fans of the Miami Dolphins. Holy shit, Cabana. Ah! Uh, look, the the two extra A's are the two A's I'm giving you as a grade for that review. My lord, man, that was uh, – what do you think, Chris? That brought a tear to my eye. I think now AA stands for Awesome Amigo because yes. he is my friend, and he's awesome. That review was kick-ass. A lot and of big he, words that mean a lot of cool things. Yeah, smorgasbord, provoking, 
preeminent. Uh, phenomenal. I mean, there's so many words in here that I'm going to have to look up later that I'm pretending to know now. Um, Is that Jim Rome that wrote that? Phenomenal. It, phenomenal. It might have been, but here's the thing. Cabana, awesome, amigo, as the two A's now stand for. This was not only an awesome podcast because of that, or uh, an awesome review because of that, Chris. This is the most awesome review we've ever gotten because this is the 69th customer <laughs> review that we have gotten Shut here at Perfectville. Down. No more reviews. Wow. It, it, it was a mouthful, too, this 69th review. It was a complete mouthful. It was uh, He was gushing with praise on this 69th review that we got here from Cabana AA. Yeah, if you look uh, to the backside of things, mm. um, it really, really, really was down under and, and, and a great, great review. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, there's something fishy about this review, and I'm not quite sure what it is. But uh, I have you know my what? eye on it, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it, you know, it made me feel all creamy inside. That's all yeah, I know. Yeah, once you go nose deep into that review, it is. Oh, uh, yep. Perfect. I was I was reading that 69th review and I just buried my face into it and was just like just like that it was uh, it was fantastic great stuff <laughs> well God I, I hope I, I hope our producer puts some Beavis and Butthead sound underneath this entire part because uh, we're not we're not mature enough we are we're in our 30s mind you and we still found the 69th review to be the funniest thing that makes us tickled and giggle like little children. But uh, that's why you guys love us, and that's why we love you. This is why we get along so well. Anyway, Chris, uh, any other moves? Did we forget any other moves that have yeah. happened here? Yeah, Mr. AWOL himself. Uh, we actually did a commercial for him. Lawrence Timmons is a goodbye uh, from Perfectville one season. Uh, we re-signed uh, Walt Aiken, so welcome mm. back to Perfectville. Uh, we also cut Julius Thomas and um, – we cut him, I believe, this morning, and my sources say he still hasn't reached the parking lot yet. Yeah, he uh, he actually had to pull over. He got injured. Actually, the funny thing is we told Lawrence Timmons that he had to go away, but he wasn't there. Like, he'd already left. Yeah. Uh, they he had to like actually, his wife a telegram. Yeah, we actually called the Steelers. We're like, hey, is Lawrence there? Can you let him know that he no longer is employed by the Miami you Dolphins? You keep please? him if you want this time. Yeah, just you know, go ahead and take the dolphin off and put those three weird fucking stars or whatever it is that the Steelers have over there. Um, yeah, okay. So yeah, Julius Thomas gone, uh, Lawrence Timmons gone, um, and also very very uh, interesting moves by the way because I think if you look at our linebacking core and you look at the tight ends in particular, those are the two areas that we need a lot of help in and we haven't addressed via free agency. So I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. The draft is coming up, and we have some glaring holes in two very glaring positions. I'm wondering if our draft board uh, no longer has quarterback names on it, no longer has offensive lineman names on it, no longer has wide receiver names on it. Maybe, just maybe, they have linebackers and tight ends high on that draft board. And both positions pretty deep in this draft this year, and we're sitting in a position at 11 where there's a lot of teams looking to move up ahead of us to get these quarterbacks, and there's a stud running back that's going to go as well. There is going to be a very, very good player available at 11 for us that's going to fall into our lap if we just stay put. Uh, Now it's just up to Chris Greer and Gase and Tannenbaum to not fuck it up. I hope we trade back from 11 to the 69th overall pick. I don't know why. Just... (laughs) I just wish it would... Uh, 69. Yep, see? 
dick jokes. All right. Well, Chris, any, See, last anything time we else? Did that, uh, we passed on Earl Thomas and ended up getting Jared Odrick and Koa Misi. So, you know, we could <laughs> trade back. That'd be great. I think we're yeah. at number 12, if I remember correctly. I'll never forget that. Talking about sucking a dick, man. We ate a dick on that on that trade right there, speaking of 69. Anyway. Two picks after Koa Misi, Rob Gronkowski, you got picked. All right, cool. I'm done. Oh, hey, speaking of that real quick, one thing I did want to talk about. I thought it was interesting. We're talking about all the guys we're signing and stuff like that, but it also might be a sign of a little bit of cracking and damage in that perfect franchise up in New England when Amendola signs with a division rival. And not only that, Rob Gronkowski very interestingly sends this paragraph of good luck to Amendola and in all caps said, you're free or enjoy the freedom and have fun. And I thought that was really interesting coming from a guy like Gronk, knowing he's leaving New England where it's known to have very staunch rules and they'll cut you if you're late. Uh, literally, like Bill Belichick will cut you with scissors. Um, like it, it's it, it was interesting. We're starting to see some crack in that armor and Brady's not getting younger. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Well, not only that, but Malcolm Butler, the uh, star of Super Bowl whatever, when he picked off uh, Russell Wilson while there was mm-hmm. some – for some reason, passing on the two-yard line with Marshawn Lynch in the backfield, whatever. Uh, also, famously, did not play in that in the Super Bowl that just passed against the Philadelphia Eagles. He signed elsewhere, and in fact, came out and said that he has not talked to Bill Belichick since that day of the Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, so there definitely seems to be some cracks in that foundation. Does that mean that they're done? Absolutely not, because they still have some guy with balls on his chin playing quarterback. And until that guy goes away, they're going to be a threat in the AFC East. They're going to be the powerhouse in the AFC East. But you're right; it is a little bit interesting to see what is going on. Uh, with the New England Patriots right now, but we'll explore that on another episode of Perfectville. This episode of Perfectville is coming to an end, uh, but the offseason and free agency is just beginning, so stay tuned. We'll be back soon, and very soon, in fact. We're going to have our 100th episode in just a couple, and that is the Finzies, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. That's right. All of the categories have been vetted out. We have our nominees. We will reveal those on the actual episode of the Finzi, so stay tuned for that. That is episode 100 of Perfectville coming up in just a a few short weeks. Chris, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? That's it, buddy. Well, if that's it, then that's it for me. Goodbye, Cody Parkey and all those other guys that we talked about whose names I already forgot because fuck them. Goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Perfectville.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.